Hey everybody, welcome back to Three Trees and a Shrub. Sorry for the uh, brief intermission, um, our little delay on this episode, but good news is you're getting two episodes back to back, because we're doing one tonight and one tomorrow, so we're we're trying to make sure you still get the same amount of content. Um, so this week, uh, obviously, I'm with Darian. Hello. Gomez. What's up? And guy, howdy, howdy. This week, um, we're gonna be switching things up a little bit. It's gonna be a little more uh, serious, probably. Yeah, there'll still be some humor in there because we're stupid. Obviously, it's us. But um, <laughs> yeah, but um, this is gonna be the beginning of a four-part series, kind of delving into our personal stories and the things that we've been through. Why? Um, for you know, for Darian Gomez and I, why Lost and Found exists, but um, for Jake, like why he joined, um, so it might get a little heavy. If this isn't your cup of tea, I'm I'm very sorry, but um, you know, hopefully tomorrow night's episode will be a little more lighthearted <laughs> for you. Um, we're we're gonna have some fun though. Uh, so let's get started with uh. An easy question, Jake. Um, why, why did you feel led to join Lost and Found? Um, primarily because I have so many people in my life who do struggle with mental illness. Uh, and it, it just seemed like the kind of thing, especially with the way you guys try to deliver the message. You know, you guys use music and the arts any way that you can. And it, it really spoke to me, you know? And... Um, my dad being the way that he is, Jerry being the way that she is, uh, it just it seemed like the right thing to do on top of the fact that I've known so many people going throughout life that struggled with it. And I didn't really understand it until I grew up a little bit more, you know, until I got a little older. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, you know, uh, Tracy ran me down to the bathroom. And what more compelling reason is there than uh, a man running you down to the bathroom to tell you to join the group? <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah well and you know your uh your sister Britt, i know she she struggles with some depression issues as well yeah as we've we've all had some some very in-depth conversations about just the fact that we all struggle and we all try to help each other and you know big family you know i i, why, I love that's why we dragged Britt in too. yeah I, I love that most most of the people who are in the group you know not only want to go out and help better those who, you know, think they are alone. But we've all struggled with those issues, too. So in finding this group, we all come to that realization that we're not alone, you know? It's great. Exactly. All right. So, um, okay, so how how has music, in specific, impacted you and your, your mental health? Like, your Oof. your journey to becoming, you know, just a better like in better mental health mental shape so for those who have never met me i've got a tattoo on my forearm and uh it's it's a little it's got a little ekg right here like the the lifeline running through it and then it's a treble clef and then right around the top half of it it says when words fail music speaks and that's always been a very big thing for me because there were times when I didn't have the right words for myself or for the people who were around me. And when that came around, I would 
play a song that really got to the the heart of what it was that I was feeling at the time. Um, and so it's it's it helped me because when I didn't really understand what it was I was going through, I'd listen to something and in one way, shape, or form, it would kind of unlock something inside that was like, hey, this is what's going on in your head and um, this is how you can try to move forward. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like... <clears throat> I know we've talked about it a lot, but uh, just the the way music can speak to people is such a powerful, magical thing. It really is. Yeah, like what's what's one song that like really speaks to you in that way? Ooh, um, oh, put me on the spot with that one. There's so many. <laughs> okay, that's that's uh, what we live for. One one that really uh, hit hard when I had some of my bigger issues was uh in high school um I was on this choir trip and uh we traveled all over Texas and did some shows for people and all this but I was I always felt kind of isolated from the group I knew some of the people that weren't it but not everybody and that kind of spiked like some anxiety spiked some depression so I was like you know maybe they're all laughing about me behind my back you know oh no but uh <laughs> In in doing that, like a week or two before I left for that trip, my dad introduced me to. Uh, by the way, my dad introduces me to more music than I think anybody else does. Like I'll hear things from different people, but he's always like, "Yo, you should give this a listen." I'm like, "Oh snap, that's dope." <laughs> um, but a week before I left, he played me uh, "Car Radio" by uh, Twenty One Pilots. Oh yeah, and that yeah. just that just spiraled a little bit more. And uh, when I was on the trip, I had heard. Um, uh, taking over you? No. Uh, Christ, what's 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 that? Hold, hold it holding on, to, on you. to you. There you go. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'd heard that for the first time when I was on the trip, and it really just impacted me in a way that I really needed at the time. You know, it's like yeah. your mental state may be a little flawed, but it's not going to control who you are or the way that you move forward after. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Twenty One Pilots has a has a tendency to um, to speak to to those of us that are struggling with depression and anxiety and Definitely. all of that. I know, um, I know they hit me and Darian pretty hard a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay, so like are there any other like art forms that you're that you're into? Um so music obviously is a huge one, but uh acting, honestly just it could be uh stage, it could be movies, it could be TV, anything. Honestly that I can see somebody just getting up there and really diving deep into their emotions to hit the those those things they need to hit, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always really fascinated me. And when I got my first taste of, you know, being up there and doing that, I uh, almost broke down because I was like trying to get to the certain point that was uh, kind of locked deep in. <laughs> and then I yeah. hit it and I was like, whoa, that is nothing I've like, that's not like anything I've felt before. <laughs> yeah. Now, acting is um, <clears throat> it's a different beast. It's interesting. Yeah. It does a lot. It, it can do a lot to help your mental state, and it can do a lot to hurt your mental state. Definitely. 100%. Okay, so 
on the topic of acting, mm-hmm. what's what's a musical that really speaks to you? Oof. Other than like maybe the obvious Dear Evan Hansen and right. all of that. Right, right. Um Honestly, uh Moulin Rouge. Like the first time that I saw Moulin Rouge. Okay. Okay. So Moulin Rouge speaks to me, but the first the first musical that like got me into musicals, it was like always gonna speak to me in that kind of sense was uh Le Mis. Okay. I saw it and it was like it just enthralled me in the storytelling and the way that they went about it, just everything. Um, and then Moulin Rouge, firstly, because the way they, they throw like modern day music into it and make it into like that, that more show tunesy or honestly, any kind of genre they want to make it into, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's so amazing and well-written. Um, and then story-wise, because, uh, I, I feel like. I've I've been I've been in that Christian state before where you know you you have feelings for somebody who can't be with you for one reason or another and uh you know it doesn't mm-hmm. end well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you don't have to go super deep into it cuz I know, you know, there's a lot of stuff that might be difficult to talk about, but um, can you tell us like a bit about your like your your uh, your journey with your mental health? Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I was I was a really happy kid growing up. I mean, you know, I had a had family, had roof over my head, had love in my heart, um, and then when I hit. Uh, 12 yeah i want to say 12 uh my biological mom came back around and she started up this whole crap show that really started to weigh on me um because you know i've had my my stepmom but she's been with me for and a half so she is my mama you know um and so she came back into my life and Honestly, the only thing it did at the time was it was a bit of an inconvenience because uh, I'd have to go and do things with her like on Saturdays or stuff like that when I'd plan to do things with other people. Um, But it wasn't until I was, I guess, about 17 or 18 when like it started really like the effects of it started to kick in. You know, because I had the residual feelings of, you know, the fact that she left in the first place. Um, And then the fact that you came back, but it was only kind of like in that part-time capacity. Yeah. You know, and my my mama, she's always, she struggled with, you know, the the feeling of being a part-time parent. Because she's worked full-time for the past, God knows how long to support this crazy bunch. (laughs) Um, And it, it. it really tore into me when, when I was about 17 or 18 and I, you know, I, I started to realize that what, what that meant to her, you know, and mm-hmm. my, my issues didn't necessarily come from me per se, just so much the way that it affected the people around me. And I, I struggled hard with it. It was like, you know, what if, what if I wasn't, you know, getting a little deep here? What if I wasn't born? You know, none of this stuff would have come around. These people wouldn't have to deal with things they're dealing with right now. Um, and then I usually have my uh, my It's a Wonderful Life kind of, you know, moment in life. 
and I think about it, you know, if it wasn't for me, my parents I would have met, and my two little brothers wouldn't be around, and yada yada yada. But that that's that's a bit of what it was uh, in high school, and then I got out of high school, and my my young adult years have been pretty kind. Um, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I've had a few points where it was really dark, but for the most part, I've been pretty pretty okay with life this quarantine has not helped um no this, no no <laughs> this, is the, this is the first time i've been unemployed for longer than a week and uh you know coming from a coming from a big family you know where everyone kind of chips in and pulls their weight and does this and that you know i've always been more than happy with helping my family out financially or anything like that but the fact that it's not even like a me thing tears me up on the inside you know because i can't go out and just grab a random job without maybe bringing something back excuse me um without bringing something back that's gonna infect somebody else or somebody else is gonna do something else you know yeah um and so it's like one of those things i just sit on my hands and i've always been like a uh, i gotta get up and do this now kind of person and uh it's it's just really been a struggle yeah, when you're when you're able to live your life a certain way for a long time, and then you know something like I'm not gonna say it, all of this, all of this stuff going on in the world, um, when something like that comes in and brings the the very very heavy possibility of extreme unintended consequences yeah. that you now have to take into effect, like you have to take into uh, into consideration. It changes everything you do. It changes everything you are. And I know somebody that works as hard as you. I like, yeah, like it would, it would definitely be a struggle. Yeah. Cause it's, it's taking away the way you live your life. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you hear, I know we've talked about it a few times here that the, the suicide rates kind of spiked since all this has started because you do have people who are not as fortunate as us who don't have family that they're around all the time for all this. So they're just kind of sitting there on their own. Um, and I guess that, that, uh, that idea didn't really hit me hard until uh, early this week. I, uh, I went over to a friend of mine's and uh, got together with a group of us that, you know, we've all just kind of been quarantined for the last couple months and we we're doing some catching up and uh a guy that used to be one of my regulars at a bar that i worked at um i started in richardson bartending in like 2016 2017 mm. and uh, the first bar i went to he became a regular of mine well then i moved from one bar to another bar and he just shifted over with me and uh so i got to know him i got to know about his daughter i got to know about his family and the, the broken situation that was happening there, but uh, he was a great dude. You know, he was really happy and all of this as far as I could tell. Um, but he ended up uh, uh, killing himself last month. And I had no idea he was even in that kind of, you know, state, you know? Yeah. And it's it's a crazy thing to sit there and think that the people that put on the happiest faces are like, that damaged underneath yeah yeah um i'm so sorry for for that loss that 
I know how how hard that hits. Yeah. Um. And I believe we did discuss dedicating this episode. Yes. To him. Yes, that would be amazing. Um. <sighs> you know, losing somebody that way is one of the most difficult things somebody can go through, because a lot of times it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I, um, I heard about it, and it just it completely threw me off, you know. Yeah, and it it's it brings up the fact that like you've got to check on the people that you don't really expect to have to check up on. Yeah, because a lot of times, like those are the ones that really need your help. Um, sometimes you'll have uh, you'll have people that will come to you, and they'll be like, "I'm struggling. I need yeah. your help right now. Like this is where I am." Oh, definitely. But a lot of times you're not you're not going to be lucky enough to to have that. Yeah. Like you're not going to know something's wrong, and, and you know it's not your fault when when you can't check up on everybody. Yeah. Because right? it's it's not your your responsibility. Um. And you know you can't be you can't be omnipotent. You can't be everywhere. You can't talk to everybody at once. Yeah, no, I completely and get that. <laughs> that that is a a heavy, heavy thing to deal with because you end up feeling some guilt there. You're like, well, maybe if I had been there, maybe if I had talked to him. Yeah, but you know that you having that mindset is so destructive to your own mental health that you end up spiraling and in a very similar position to them. Yeah. No, I, I get that. And I am um, thankfully I as I said I do have a, a family and a support system here that I kinda saw myself in that kind of mindset, you know, what if I could have done more? Why didn't I do more? And uh I, I've got enough people here who slap me back to reality and be like, No, it's not how it works. Um But yeah, uh, it is it is a destructive mindset all in all. Yeah, it's um I know it's a it's a mindset that all four of us have been in. Yeah. Darian and Gomez, um they've been through a lot. A lot more than eighteen year olds should ever go <laughs> yeah. through. Lost a lot of people. Um and loss is never easy like it doesn't get easier like I won't lie and say it does No, but you do learn how to cope and you learn how to um, how to lean on the people around you and I'm really glad that you have people around you that you can lean on definitely you know, knowing that you have your family um, you have friends that you can depend on when you're in that time of need like it's something that people really need to think about yeah because it is it's hard it is hard to go to somebody when you're feeling like that it really is believe like it's rough and I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna play this card just briefly and then we can get off of the this card all in all but as as a guy you know you, you kind of you put that vulnerability out there and it's 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 a difficult. I mean, personally, I've got no issues talking about 
my struggles or my my issues or anything that comes into my head because I've like I said I've I've done things I've lived life I I know that I'm gonna need people in life but I know a lot of guys who have that kind of mindset that it's too vulnerable for me it's too too much of me asking of other people for me to even come out and say anything to them you know yeah there's a there's a extremely toxic worldwide mindset that guys have to be strong 24/7 they can't let their emotions show luckily that is kind yeah. of that that is fading it is. especially lately yeah. <laughs> we've had a lot of people that have come in and been like no yes <laughs> no guys are people guys are people too yeah they're allowed to have emotions like everybody should be allowed to have emotions and be able to feel the way they feel and be able to express that. And, yeah, and it makes me so happy that people it. are out there working and to change that so that people can actually mm-hmm. express themselves and be happy the exactly. way everyone else can. Exactly. I, um, you know, I have a friend, uh, her name's Chelsea and this girl is one of the brightest rays of sunshine. <laughs> like, <laughs> Every time I hop on Facebook, she's sharing something just uplifting. And she's one of those that I see constantly go to bat for, you know, everybody, but like guys, especially that feel like they can't express their emotions, that feel like they can't get help because it's the less manly thing to do. Right. And like people like that just i don't think they understand the good that they put that they're putting into the world mm-hmm. you know like and i don't think we thank them enough no you're definitely right about that. that it's the lord's yeah. work that you're doing <laughs> yes absolutely Yeah, quick shout out to y'all okay <laughs> uh yes 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 okay Darian, do you As a matter of fact, I do not. I've spent the past few days thinking about questions that I could ask you, and I can't <laughs> anything that Brendan hasn't already covered. He does a good job of that. Shaping up to be a short episode. <laughs> um, Gomez? Let me see. Let me think real quick. Because, yeah, you... Shaping up to be a real short episode. Yeah, we're at like 20 minutes. Let's see. Uh, I don't really have anything. (laughs) Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit, get things a little more lighthearted. Um, so we were talking a little bit earlier today about, um, (laughs) about the fun stuff going on in modern warfare right now. Oh yeah. So like, give me your best, your best theory on, uh, what season four of modern warfare and Warzone is going to bring. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, I do love the fact that, uh, everything leading up to this point, you know, has been kind of leading up to this point, you know, season four is shaping up to be a bit of a thing. Um, But we finding out that there's like a nuke 
in the new or in the new update they had. You know, I'm I'm hoping that plays some kind of part into everything that's happening. But uh, I was I was watching this video earlier where the dude was talking about how the guy that we were gunning for, um, like all throughout the um, all throughout the campaign, you know. No one's heard anything after that campaign. Like, you can go and you can do the spec ops, and there's no mention of him. Um, like, after the campaign, he just disappears. And so uh, there's a lot of speculation that he could be... Now, are we talking about Hadir? Yeah, Hadir. There you go. Okay. Um, there's a speculation that he could be, like, a big role that comes in, like, everything that comes forth in Season 4, which I'm really hoping it does, because that places us in a good place story-wise. Um with the new Spec Ops maps, if they decide to go forth and do any more like that. But also, just, like, tech-wise, I mean, I'm really hoping for, like, more... Uh, like I said, like, I'm hoping they use that nuke. I'm hoping to get more of, like, uh, more of, like, the that gas they use in, uh, in the campaign that just kind of, like, massively just hits everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Incapacitates everything. The gas that makes up the, the circle itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm over some stuff like that, but honestly, uh, I haven't been following it too heavily, just enough that I've heard what some people are saying, and I'm liking what I'm hearing. So, Darian, what are you thinking? I think you're. I'm actually not. No, right now. Um, I was just uh, thinking about. Actually, I was thinking of more questions for Jake. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually did me. come up with one. Sorry to change the subject, Brendan. I know, like, y'all were actually starting to have a good conversation about this. Um, no, it's fine. Awesome. Go back. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. We'll re- so, we'll what I was thinking, um, I guess it's sort of one question that stems into another. So, Jerry is your fiance, correct? Uh, okay. Yes. So, um, don't know if. So, <laughs> wait, um, fiance. Um, am I am I dumb? Am I just dumb? No, um, wasn't really something that we we talk a lot about. But yes, I mean we both know where we're going. That's basically the end game here. Is that uh, when she finishes up with school, um, I can make like an official proposal and do the whole you know flash oh, mob okay. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But uh, so it's it's yes. it's, it's a pre engagement kind of <laughs> thing. Do you want to but, steer away um, from this conversation then? <laughs> No, 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 hit it. Like I said, we both know where we're going, so it's, it's all so, good. What I'm thinking is, are you are you guys, have you put any thought to like having a family in the future? And if so, what do you think your kids will be like in terms of like art and stuff and their passions, any sort of predictions that you have for the future, whatever family you might end up having? See, I was, I was kind of hoping that's what the question was heading. So yeah, we've actually oh, had boy. we've had a few conversations about this. Um, so we've we've already come to terms that our kids are going to be like Tom Thumb and Thumbelina, <laughs> kind of short, you know. But to deal with that, they're going to have to make up with you know their attributes. Like you're going to have to be good at sports. You're going to have to be good at music. You're going to have to be good at acting. Just something, one redeeming quality, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, Hey, you never know. They could be like the prettiest people on the planet. They could be. They could be. And if if you're if if our little girl, you know, if we have a little girl and she's like the most gorgeous girl out there, you know what? She's gonna be cool. She's gonna be set. She could be smart. 
and just roll through life. You know, she could <laughs> go off and do whatever she wants. But a little boy, he's going to grow up and be like, like, uh, old Leonard from Big Bang Theory minus like the super intelligence. <laughs> So. Hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've, I've, you could like your child could be the next Albert Einstein. He could like, be, and I'd be about that. I'd be ready for that. I wouldn't know how to handle that kid, but you know what? I'd be mm-hmm. about. None of us would. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, we definitely want kids. We definitely want kids, and we definitely want to grow them up uh, in a house full of music and love and just peaceful bliss. You know, because we we both have struggled with enough in life that we don't want them coming up knowing the struggles of life yeah. when they need to. Um, but yeah, we've definitely put thought into kids and we're gonna, we're gonna wait until she gets out of school. Um, when she does that, we're gonna go off and get married. And then we're hoping three, five years later in between that general ballpark, um, starting a family. That sounds amazing, man. And by go off, you mean stay exactly where you are so you can still be with us. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, obviously. He's totally planning on ditching us in the future. It's fine. <laughs> Moving to Colorado. <laughs> Yo, hold up, hold up, though. Like, everybody just... Just, just relocate. The entirety of Lost and Found relocates <laughs> to the center of, like, just... We all relocate to Denver, bro. I'm telling Colorado you, Colorado Springs. So, oh, bro, I love Colorado Springs. I went. Oh uh, yes. I I took a vacation out there uh, two years ago. Spent a whole week. It was so beautiful. It was in November, so like it had just like finished snowing. Oh, it was amazing. But so much more stuff is legal out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I'm my goodness. Just, oh my god. I'm feeling like we should just relocate. <laughs> You know, that actually brings up another question that I was thinking about. Um, so where exactly did you grow Hear up? Me. Uh, so um, the first couple of years of my life, uh, it was kind of bouncing all mm-hmm. over DFW. Um, and by DFW, I mean this general ballpark of things. You know, we we were in Mesquite for a little while. Uh, we grew up a little bit with my grandma and her family out in um, – Ooh, uh, Grand Prairie, and uh, 16, 17 years ago, I did, I really did, it's, it's been a long time, and I don't really venture out of Grand Prairie a ton these days, (laughs) Um, but, uh, we, we settled down here about 17, 18 years ago, and we've been in the same house ever since. So after all this moving around, um, is there anywhere, like, on earth that you would prefer to live to where you are now? Like, if you could take your entire family or just whoever you want with you, like, where would you go? Would you stay here or would you go someplace exotic? Like, where would you prefer to live your life? What's your ideal setting? Honestly, I don't think I would relocate permanently anywhere unless, like, a great opportunity arose for me Mm -hmm. to move somewhere else. But um, I would love to go and see everywhere. You know, I'd love to. I'd love to go and just visit other places. Like, take a couple weeks and go visit one place, and come back home, and then you know, just spend my life taking a couple weeks here and there and go visit random places. Nice. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. But uh, sounds like a good life. Yeah, I've, I've I've been I've been to enough places. I mean, I wouldn't say I've been to enough places, but I've been to enough places in my head that like 
Dallas has always been yeah. home. So um, I'd love to go. Like Jerry's been, Jerry lived in Japan for the longest amount of time. Wow. Uh, I think three, four years, something like that. And uh, she says it's beautiful. And I'd love to just take a couple months and pack her up and just take a trip over there. Um, at the same time, you know, she, she grew up mm-hmm. in a military family. Um, and so she, she did move around quite a bit as life went on, but, uh, they moved here for about four years and then she left and they went to North Carolina and they came back here, which, or no, no, they stayed in North Carolina. She moved here for school, which I thank God every day because it's a blessing because I wouldn't have met her if it was any other way. Um, but, uh. Yeah, she's she's seen so much more than I have, and I just want to, you know, I want to be able to take her to see those places that she hasn't seen, but also go to places that she's been to where she can show me, like, the, the good yeah. spots to be, you know? So Let her give you the tour. Seriously. Sounds like you got a lot of plans for a great life ahead of you, man. I really do. I'm, I'm trying my darnest to work hard so yeah. I can provide that. <laughs> Okay, so unless we have more questions specifically for Jake, let's get nerdy again. <laughs> <laughs> so Gomez, like what what are your thoughts here on, on I have season no four? Idea. Well, not really. You're still I'm trying just, to wake up, uh, right? I just don't know. <laughs> that that I, I have, no, have idea. no idea. I think it did, yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of toasting. Oh, speaking speaking <laughs> of uh, speaking of getting nerdy. Um, so my parents, uh, they've started. My dad went through and he found this article, and it laid out every Marvel uh, movie, TV show, uh, little extended clip that you can find on the DVDs, like laid out chronologically. And yeah, they yeah. they've started watching everything. It is the coolest thing because there's things that are in there that I didn't even know were there. Like, uh, I knew that if you went and watched everything in order, it all lays out. But there's things like you can watch certain episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it correlates with, like, what's happening yep. here, here, and here in the, the MCU. Um, there's little, like like I said, extras in the DVDs. You can go back and you can watch and it, like, kind of ties some other things together on why certain people are where they're at. It's just, it's some cool stuff. It's some cool stuff. Yeah, like, so... When um, when Thor: The Dark World came out, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, okay, this was a fun movie. And then I I went back to Agents of Shield like the week after uh, after the movie came out, and you had you know Coulson and all of them cleaning up the ruins after of the what fact. Yeah. that fight left. And I was like. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's some cool stuff. But like everything started kind of falling apart after Winter Soldier. Mm. Like the correlation between Agents of Shield and the movies just kind of shattered after Winter Soldier because they were like, "Eh, we don't really care about the continuity in this show anymore because <laughs> like we're not going to do any more crossovers, right?" The biggest crossovers they had were one episode where Samuel L. Jackson showed up. Yes. And then, like, two or three episodes where Jamie Alexander's uh, Sith showed up. Yeah. 
and that was pretty much the extent of it. Well, if you if you get a little deeper in, um, I think season five, maybe uh, they start like there's like a chunk of it where it takes place in the five year gap between Infinity Wars and uh, Endgame. I haven't watched it yet, but there's supposed to be like a that time frame is supposed to be in between the two, like the five year gap there. Uh, you... Okay. Yeah, I kind of fell off after where the season real three. That's what I want to know. <laughs> he's he's on the space station. He's, he's off chilling. in space right now, living his best life. He's big chilling, he's bro. Big chilling with the with the scrolls, Where's man. The space cat. He dances. <laughs> what, what's what's all space yeah, cat? Goose. Name? Uh, goose. Goose. Yes. Goose. Oh. Okay. So while we're on the the whole Marvel Marvel kick here, I was flipping through my news app the other day, and I saw an article that said, um, with the multiverse getting set up with the new Doctor Strange movie, that uh-huh. it has made it even more possible for there to be um, uh, Spider Man mm-hmm. into the multiverse like live action movie, where we get Tom Holland, we get Andrew Garfield, and we get Tobey Maguire all in the same movie. I was ecstatic. <laughs> Now listen, do you know why? Do you know why this is all such a big possibility? Because uh, of the Sony merger, right? No, no, no. Oh, why then? Tell me, sir. Because Sam Raimi, the director oh, of the original trilogy... Sam Raimi, bro. ...is directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You know what? You're right. You're right. So, everybody's speculating that we will get Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man as a cameo in there. But, all of this is like, it's, it's such a mess. Because when you watch the, the one and only trailer for Morbius, mm-hmm. um, you know, Michael Keaton's uh, Adrian Toomes shows up. Right. Like his, like, his vulture is there and talks to Morbius, to, right. talks to uh, talks to Doctor, and then there's a Spider-Man poster up in the background, right? Mm-hmm. But that Spider-Man mm-hmm. poster is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Yeah, it's so McGuire's Spider-Man. So I was like, uh, "That's not our Spider-Man right now. What are we doing here?" Yeah, that's not our Spider-Man. But our Vulture is in this. So what's happening? Yep, it I brings to mind wormhole. it's possible. Like, it's, it's it could be so cool. It, it could, could be. be. It really could be. It and could honestly, also be a massive, massive mess. <laughs> I agree, but at the same time, in the hands of Marvel, honestly, I don't think I've seen a like just terrible Marvel movie yet. You know, Thor. <laughs> uh, okay, well, chill, 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 chill. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from Incredible Hulk, and that wasn't even a terrible movie. It, it, it was pretty bad. Best. I have love for all the movies. <laughs> all right, all right. It's by far the worst in the MCU. I would agree with that, definitely. But I, I don't think see, it's okay. not as bad as Inhumans. Yes. All right. Inhumans. I started watching it a bit, and it was kind of trash. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> I watched. I watched the full season because I was like, I'm, I'm dedicated to finishing it so I can form an inf- like so I can make an informed opinion. Right. It was painful, <laughs> and I wanted to love it so much, 
and like there were some good aspects. Like the girl that played Crystal mm-hmm. was fantastic. She was great. Right. Um Anson Mount as Black Bolt was serviceable. Serviceable. But what what was the deal with Medusa's hair? Cuz it was it was awful. It was kind of ratchet, not going to lie. And I expect so much more out of Marvel, especially because of what they've been able to pull off with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, Very true. It was just, there was such a disconnect. It didn't make sense that they would put all this money into the filming of this show, but no money whatsoever in the special effects. Right. Oh, speaking of Marvel TV shows, back onto the subject of mental health, has anyone watched Marvel's Runaways? No, not yet, but I, I need to. I, I, I love it. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I watched the first like episode and a half, and I could not get through it. I feel like it was too, uh, too uh, CW, but at the same time, I didn't watch a ton of it. I've... Uh, my dad back when he started binge watching stuff put down like this three this three episode rule. You gotta watch the first three episodes before you can say nope, not doing it anymore. And I didn't even give it that much, so I think I'm gonna have to go back and give it another shot. Yeah, you I think that's a good idea to, because okay. it's it's the best Marvel show. Um, like I would even put it above Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Ooh, and surprisingly, it focuses okay. a lot okay. on but, mental um, illness. Exactly. Does it really? Exactly. Okay. I will definitely have to go get this a watch then. You know, the for the majority of the show, these kids, because they are kids, they are dealing with the death of one of their friends. One of them, it's it's her sister. Mm-hmm. And the the toll it takes on them is very well thought out. Okay. Then I will definitely give it another shot and go back and take a look. I will say the main villain that kind of spans uh, the second and third season, uh, the second and first half of the third season, um, is the most punchable villain I've ever. I very seen. strongly dislike him. Uh, I've got a few villains. You ever seen? I've, I've got a few villains that give that character run for their money. <laughs> I, like. I sat through eight seasons of the Game of Thrones. That's that so one villain. Uh, like, I can no, punch villain. So listen, listen. <laughs> I I hate Joffrey as much as the next guy. Mm-hmm. I hate the villain <laughs> in Runaways Oof. in the best way. Like okay. he's so well written, so well acted. You just you hate him. Okay. You. You just can't get past it. And you see the charm. You see how like he might be able to manipulate people. But it's a love hate relationship. He's the most suave, punchable thing on the planet. While while we're while we're on lovable villains that we want to punch in the face and still sticking to the Marvel, you know, everything. Um and, you know, Jessica Jones popped into my head because you were just talking about it. Uh, if you're about to start talking about the Purple Man. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the, oh, shit, what's his name? Uh, oh, Christ, David Tennant's character in Jessica yes, Jones. Yes, the Purple Man. Oh, yeah, okay, well, then, yeah, why not? 
Nice. Bro, anything David Tennant touches turns to gold. Like, sucks me in. Yes, it just sucks me in. Like, I first fell in love with this man um, watching uh, Doctor Who. And he was an Yes, he was. Doctor. He's my favorite. And no, then just... I fell in love with. I fell in love with him because of Harry Potter. Okay, so see, I I watched Doctor Who before I watched him in Harry Potter, or before I knew who he was back in Harry Potter. So uh, I fell in love with him in Doctor Who, and then I realized, oh, snap, it's the same guy. And then, like, everything after that was just, like, a trickle-down effect, and seeing him in other things, like, he's in so many uh, BBC uh, British TV shows that just suck you in. Um, he was in a show called Broadchurch that, uh, honestly, not for kids, but it is a phenomenal show that will keep you on the edge of your seat the entire time. He has this yeah, way of just <laughs> BBC shows. <laughs> well, he has he has this way mm. of just being able to play like a damaged character and just selling you on it. It it is phenomenal. Um, and at the same time, he can go and play Scrooge McDuck. And I've been binge watching the the latest uh, version of Ducktales. It is fire. I'm not gonna say it's because of him because the whole show is pretty great. But he was a big reason why I went back. Never to watch even watched Ducktales. Now I'm with you. I'm with you on the love for David Tennant, but um, Jessica Jones was hard for me to watch. As good as it is. Uh-huh. Um, Kilgrave, the Purple Man, mm-hmm. is one of the most disturbing villains to me. Oh, definitely. Because because of the way he takes advantage of people, and it it physically hurt me to see what he was doing to Jessica. Right. And like it was really hard for me to watch because. You also have this superhero who can flick a sink and make it shatter. Right. Dealing with some of the most extreme depression and anxiety I've ever seen. Like, and it was all because of what he did. So, I struggled a lot with that show. One of the things I love about the way that people take in things, you know, like, you you sit there and you look at it. And you you find it really hard to watch that um, because you. I'm I'm assuming you've dealt with those kind of issues before, right? Like manipulative people and mm-hmm. taking captive the things that, or not taking captive, but like taking. Um, they're preying on your issues, your insecurities, your everything, right? Oh yeah. Now I've I've lived through a few of those situations myself, and while granted, yes, it was a difficult thing for me to watch. At the same time. I can watch it and be like, wow, that was so well done that even though, yes, I've lived through it, it is phenomenal to see like that kind of um, emotion and that kind of just everything being conveyed on such a massive platform that people can see, you know? Yeah, and that's why I pushed through it. Um, and that's, this might be a controversial take. That's why I pushed through the first season, the, the first season of 13 Reasons Why. I refuse to watch the second and third season. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's controversial. Of, <laughs> it's pretty controversial. Um, Is it really? I, yeah. I like I liked the first season. 
Um, I will only watch the first season because it's the only one necessary. I I started watching the second season, and I got about halfway through, and then my brothers told me how the second season ended, and I'm like, wow, I'm glad I didn't go back and finish it. Yeah. Um, And then I saw they came out with a third season, and they're working on a fourth now, and I'm like, what are we... What are we doing here? The first season, like, the first season caught a lot of flack because people were saying it was glorifying suicide. Right. Um, and and, and I, I get that. I mean, looking at it now, I could, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the fact that it was glorifying it. I think it was walking people through how one got from point A to point B. Yeah. But at the same time, I could see why people would have that kind of conclusion on things. The most... The thing that people don't understand is 13 Reasons Why the first season was not for people struggling with mental illness. No, it wasn't. It was not for the people that are depressed. It's not, it wasn't and that's why us. I never actually made it through that first season was because for? I wasn't in a place where I was actually able to watch exactly. through it. It was just, it affected me too much, so I couldn't finish it. Yeah. Exactly. The re- that show is for the people that put us in yeah. those situations. Right. It's for the people that prey on other people. To show them the the consequences of their actions. It's for the people who knew they were going to be on the tapes, you Mm -hmm. know? (laughs) Exactly. Like, that's who that show was for. It was for the people that do not take into account what their actions do to other people. And it just, that wasn't well conveyed, I don't think. But I um, I agree. I think. Like, there's a reason at every, at the beginning of every episode, there was a content warning. Yeah. Yes. Deliberately saying, okay, this is what we're dealing with in this episode. You can choose whether or not you're going to watch this episode because it, it focuses more on the suicide aspect. It focuses more on the drug abuse aspect. It focuses more on the alcohol abuse aspect. Right. But at the end of every episode, there was also a, uh, a PSA for suicide awareness. Mm-hmm. So, which was I, great. I, exactly, I love that. Exactly. Like the first season, I think was incredible for that reason. Yes. The second and third season shouldn't have happened. Fourth season shouldn't exist. It shouldn't happen at all. No, but honestly, I would I would love for some some other you know if you're, if you're really if you're really strapped for like ideas. Go back into classic literature and find something that has something to do with anything, really. Not not even so much pertaining to mental health. I mean, just there's so many stories that you could go back and look at um, of mice and men. You know, yes. The whole the whole back and forth where uh, George and Lenny are going throughout their whole journey, getting to the point where you know one of them's got to be put down, and it's got to be his best friend who does it, and his struggle to realize. It's. It can only be me, you know. I mean, give us a good adaptation of *Of Mice and Men*. Give us yes. a good adaptation of *Lord of the Flies*. Yes, give oh, us... I would love a *Lord of the Flies* adaptation. I would actually be okay with an *Outsiders* remake. I would be okay with that. Like, give us adaptations of the stuff that they won't let us read in schools anymore because it hits too hard. Ooh, that's that's some hard truth for you right uh, there. Yep, that's an idea right there. Like, 
there's a reason those books are so prolific. They hit exactly where they need to, exactly as hard as they need to. A lot of kids mm-hmm. can't handle that now. Hmm. But it's necessary. Reading The Outsiders was incredibly necessary to my growth as a person. Yeah. Like, stop taking away the stuff that is helping our children grow. Stop taking away the stuff that is going to help them understand the world that they are going into. Brendan, I'm going to pull together your uh, acting resources and mine, and we're going to get this going. We're going to get this off the ground. All right, let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. No, okay. but um, I do, I do love that. 70 minutes. Is that counting the, the 15 minutes prior? That is counting the uh, the 18 minutes where we were uh, trying to get I'm everybody 50, in one I'm room. at 56 minutes. <laughs> um, I'm at 64 and a half right now. 64 and a half. Well, I think this is a good place to, to cut things off. Um, We'll have Great. another episode that we're doing tomorrow night. You got less than 24 hours in between episodes, people. So um, we're, we're giving you lots to listen to. Next up. Um, or we might even try and get a, a, uh, a short episode filmed Ooh. on Saturday where we're all going to be in one place. With visuals, guys. With visuals. We can do Ooh. video. So the video will be uploaded on on uh, YouTube, and the audio will be uploaded to Spotify and Google. That Podcasts is if we get a chance to else. do it. Oh, definitely. If we get a chance, <laughs> I I have a feeling we will, but we'll yeah. we'll find out. You know, it might just be a thirty minute episode talking about nerd stuff, but that's fine. I'd be about it. Okay, um, so. Tune in next week, or not next week, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I will have uh, Rebecca Anthony joining us. Woo! She's <laughs> fire. Um, on top of that, I would like to dedicate this episode to James Stark and his family. Um, we know you're going through a hard time right now, but know that you are not alone in the way that you are feeling right now. Our thoughts, our love, our prayers, they're with you. All right, everybody, be sure to tune in tomorrow or whenever it is you listen to this podcast and the rest of them. Some of you are binging it, and I kind of love that. Um, <laughs> so let's close it out with, with our usual thing. Uh, everybody recommend one song. Uh-oh, let me think. Gomez, why don't you go first? Okay. Oh, okay. You haven't talked all that much, so I figured we'd give you something to say. <laughs> well, roll it. I'm gonna be the country boy I am. Uh, country boy, it's an old, I love you. Classic song. <laughs> uh, Don't close your eyes by Keith Whitley. Mm. It is a okay. Good song. Okay. Oh yeah, real throwback. It's such a good song. Uh, I actually just learned it on guitar. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Awesome. Pretty good song. Okay. Um, Darian, what about you? Uh, here, I might need to look this up real quick. Um, He's like, oh no, not me. 
there's one song that I've been listening to recently. It's called Golden Shore. I don't really know how to describe it. But I don't know. It's catchy and I like it. And the words have a lot of meaning behind them. If you actually pay attention to them, it's great. Just Golden Shore. <laughs> okay. Jake, what about you? Um. Okay, so I'm picking this song... So the whole song is about uh, a guy in his current relationship and he's not sure or he's, he's pretty certain that it's not going to work out because of past relationships that he's been in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I tend to more focus on just the chorus of the song uh, and it works well for me um, in my current relationship because, because of my past relationship. Uh, there were a whole bunch of pitfalls and issues that I had in that one that kind of ruined me for my current relationship. But um, because of the wonderful girl that I'm with now, she understands that. Um, so it's called Gun Shy by uh, Reed Southall Band. Okay. Um, I would definitely give it a listen. And just, as I said, I tend to focus primarily on the chorus, but the whole song is just, it's, it's phenomenal. All right. And then, uh, I will, I'll leave you with, with this, uh, go listen to the song different reality. by SB <laughs> Wilkerson. My Ooh, boy, that's a good one. My boy, my brother, my friend, my, my, one of my best friends since our freshman year of high school, which is, Way too long ago. Old man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, chill, chill. Schaefer is, is an incredible guy. He was actually in Lost and Found's first ever show. He was. First time I heard that song was at the, the Lost and Found show. Yeah. So uh, go give it a listen. I think you'll like it. All right, everybody. So uh, yeah. we'll Peace see out, you guys. tomorrow. Um <laughs> Stay happy. Have a good night. Stay happy.